All right. We are rolling again. Thanks a lot for being with us for another Natural Health 365 podcast. I am here with Dr. John Dempster. John, thanks a lot for being with us. Great to be here, Jonathan. Listen, I know we're dealing with, uh, how should I put it, in a, in a good way, and I know a lot of the people who are listening to this, they understand me already. We're dealing with very sensitive times where we have to be careful of everything we're saying, especially when we're talking to physicians. But, you know, you're out there in Canada. You're uh, practicing functional medicine. I've got a lot of Canadian friends. So, uh, you know, of course, if people in the United States wanted to come visit you, they could do that as well. But why don't you talk about a little bit about where you're coming from, how you practice uh, functional medicine, you know? Sure. Well, thank you. I, I'm here in Toronto. And, and you know, as we know, in recent times, the, a lot of the borders have really shut down. So we've, we've lost the ability to see many of our international patients one-on-one, but uh, that will resume again soon. But yeah, I, I practice a functional medicine style of practice here where we really help people try to identify their blind spots and, and their pitfalls, uh, biochemically speaking, so that we can uncover those and allow people to, to heal, get to their best optimal level of health. That's really what it is I do. And, I mean, is it fair to say that a functional medicine doc is going to do more testing out of the gate or be more sensitive to trying to figure things out more than a conventional doc? I mean, just speak about it in Canada. What's the difference between, say, what you do and perhaps maybe somebody walking into, you know, conventional care? You know what I mean? Well, conventional care is going to provide a lot of value to people in, in many areas. But where we differ is we're going to be looking deeper into some of the, the real specifics that are behind the scenes of health. You know, we're going to be measuring nutrient levels. That's really important. We're going to be measuring a lot to do with what goes on inside the gut. That's where 80% of our immune system is. That's where a tremendous amount of our inflammation is controlled. Hormones, neurotransmitters, these are all conversations that if we're looking at the gateways to optimal health and, and wellness, we have to be addressing these things. And unfortunately, and there are many others, there are, there are certain markers that just aren't being tested in a traditional workup as, as much as they should be. You know, I know we weren't going to really get into this too much, but for a moment or so, I think it's probably a very valuable thing for people maybe to pass this podcast on to their healthcare provider, whether they're in the U.S. or Canada. There's so many opportunities in the profession to do so many things. I mean, I looked at your website, right? And it's, you're offering, I mean, unless it's changed at all from the website, but you're offering all of these, not just vitamin C, IV, but all of these IV therapies. We just talked about nutrition. You had mentioned food and talking to people about that. How many opportunities there are for healthcare providers to be adding so many more really valuable services to people, right? That's what drew me into functional medicine, Jonathan, is that, you know, I'm, I'm trained as a board certified naturopathic doctor and I work with a number of colleagues who are medical docs and there's a great integration there. It's really important to know that. But at the same time, if we're just dealing with one side of the, the equation here, we're going to be missing out. And especially when it comes to understanding what, what are the tenets of health? Well, we have to make sure that you've got the building blocks in place. How many people are walking around without adequate levels of nutrition is astounding. And, you know, it's okay to go out there and start taking supplements, but why, why not get a road, roadmap or a GPS? Let's understand the blueprint of what's going on with each and every person so that we can treat them as an individual. 
I, I want to roll into gut health because these days, more than ever, obviously everybody's hearing about bacterial and viral infections, blah, 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 and talking about all of these ways that they have to protect themselves from the scourge of something getting into their body and infecting them. But the bottom line is, like you said before, gut health is essential for overall immune system health. John, you know we talk about this all the time at Natural Health 365, immunity, immunity, immunity. If you have a strong immune system, man, that is a powerful tool to have in so many different situations, and it all starts in the gut, right? Oh, absolutely. And you know, there's anywhere between 72 to 80% of our immune system can be traced down to certain aspects of our, of our gut function. There's certainly something called the Peyer's patches, which are little clusters of immune cells that are all scattered throughout your your small bowel and beyond. But that's just one aspect of it. We want to make sure that we're supporting that. Are we dealing with any basically unwanted house guests? That's an easy way to say it. Are there yeast overgrowths going on? Are there different types of bacterial infections, parasitic or worms, any types of viral activity that can be happening in the gut as well? These are things that are going to drag our immunity down. And there's ways of, of cutting those anchors off, so to speak, so that you can now start to heal and seal your gut and repair the rest of your immune system. It's so essential to begin there. And, you know, I want people to get the right perspective, and I want to get your honest feedback about this. This whole idea of people thinking you always have to kill, 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 right? Everything that might be negative and just hopefully have all the good stuff. But isn't it really more about just making sure that inner terrain is healthy? Give it, give it, give it more. That concept everything that our body needs so that we can just kind of be more flexible, right? And deal with these challenges that come up every day, right? I love that. You know, we do need to nurture and, and the microbiome is a, is a delicate balance of all these organisms. And, and there are trillions of these bugs working in harmony, but there are things that happen in our lives and in our environments and in our workplace environments as well, not just our, the air we breathe and the water we drink. These are all things that impact our microbiome. And sometimes we need to give it a little bit of support. And as you said, you know, feed it and nurture it, the right precursors and the right tools that allow it to flourish. So let's break it down a little bit more for people. Some of your, I don't know, top three, top six, whatever you want to do, John, about what is threatening the gut. You know, from my personal background, you know, the oral health, the uh, everything heavy metals, gum disease, you name it, pouring into the gut. I mean, that's like number one, environmental toxins. You just mentioned toxicity in general. But where is it? What is it that's threatening people the most when you're looking at people and their gut health? So this is really where the beauty of functional medicine begins to shine because we take a, a bigger, we step back and we look down at the whole person, the whole being. So we want to understand what are all the moving parts right now that are impacting the gut and therefore impacting everything else in our body. We assess people for heavy metals, things like aluminum, mercury, lead, arsenic, nickel. These are all things that we don't necessarily know we're dealing with until we actually flush and see what comes out the other end and, and be able to quantitate, quantitatively measure these things. So it's so important to start by looking at the toxic soup we live in. Metals are just one of them. We start to look at what's going on with nutrient levels, as I mentioned. You know, that's such a, a huge thing. There are so many nutrients that we could be uh, void of that even though we might be eating a healthy diet, quote unquote, are we absorbing these nutrients? And that comes down to things like intestinal permeability, which are, again, tools or 
out there that we can utilize and harness and find out if somebody is actually having any degree of, of leaky gut that's going on that could be impacting them. Those are such huge starting points that many people just don't get a chance to to apply. There are other things that are going on with toxins as well. There's all sorts of different things that are happening with GMO foods right now. We have to be so careful with what's happening with glyphosate and, and that's just to name a few of the compounds that are out there in our non um, uh, in our GMO uh, related food category. But we want to be looking at uh, hydrogenated oils. We want to be looking at, at sugars. There's so many directions and this is what we do with our patients. We take this big step back and say, okay, really, what is going on in this person that's unique from the other? There's so much information out there all the time about everything we've just already talked about. But just as a side note, and I want to get your feedback on it, it just seems like there are so many people in our world, like I hear it all the time, people I know in business who are talking to me, hey, I eat a really good diet, I do this or that. But then what I'm trying to get at, John, is I get so surprised when I hear some of the things that people are actually still eating. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, there seems to be like this. The consciousness is there. Like, ah, eating healthy is very important. But then sometimes like an additive that they're putting into coffee or something, it's like they didn't even think about it, an artificial sweetener. I'm not kidding. Even though like they eat organic other things, I still hear they'll say something as crazy as that. You know what I mean? It just made me think. I had a patient the other day that came in, and they were the epitome of health, of what they were eating, what they were supplementing with. They were interested in all the different techniques that are out there, and they would have one to two Diet Cokes per day. And to me, that's just astounding. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about this for a second here. But that was a non-starter for that person. So I respect that, but I still have to advise them that that's not – going to help them get to that level of health that they're dealing with. That is a massive obstacle to cure. And, and it's certainly something that is not uncommon to hear. And also another thing that I see, again, it's, it's just, it's a perception thing. It's got to be a really artful thing that you're trying to do in talking to people every day, you know, kind of bringing them along to what you feel is going to be in their best interest. And it's definitely a back and forth. I'm sure you have to, you know, without their agreement, None of this means anything, but like, you know, just talking to them about improving their diet, what if you touch on something like, you know, they, they eat organic this, organic that, they don't buy GMO, but they love their wine. Where do you stand with alcohol? I know your patients are going to be watching you now, but where do you stand, where do you stand with alcohol where, you know, I'm, you know, just very candid. I don't drink, and I look at it as a suppressant of bodily functions, and so in dealing with someone who's looking to get their head above water. That's what I'm talking about. Not the person that's like, hey, I'm so vibrant and I have a little bit of wine a week. Okay, fine. Maybe harder to talk about. But all those people who are really suffering with health issues and they're kind of hugging their glass of wine, you know, how do you talk to people about that, for example? It's a, it's a huge conversation and it's something I have every single day, multiple times. And the way I describe this is, you know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's Diet Coke, whether it's sugar, these are all things that reduce your buffer. And your buffer is something that we all need to have working optimally, meaning we need to have a large buffer because who knows what's happening the second we step outside our home and the air we breathe, especially if we're living in urban environments or even if we're living in agricultural environments where there's a lot of sprays and pesticides. We have to have capacities in our body to deal with these onslaughts that happen in life. 
chronic distress, whether it's emotional or physical trauma, that also adds to the toxic burden in your body that your body now is, has to deal with. So what I'm trying to do with every single patient, every single person that I speak to in these lectures is I'm trying to help them understand that it's about creating some buffering space so that you can go out to the world. And, and it's not about perfection. And that's one thing I will stress, Jonathan, is that, you know, if somebody can tolerate a sip of wine, that's great. But I know many patients that can't tolerate a sip of wine. And we have to help those patients improve their buffering capacity, not to encourage wine drinking, but that means that their whole detox mechanisms are totally impaired. So that's really the, the stance I take. It's not a one size fits all protocol. Yes, alcohol is a toxin. Yes, alcohol is a combination of a fat and sugar molecule combined, which is not going to generally improve anyone's health and well-being. But if somebody has the, the buffering capabilities to deal with the occasional sip of, of wine, that's, that's fine. If that's that important to them, let's help them create that buffering pathway so that it can deal with that. But I certainly am on board with you. The less alcohol we consume, the healthier we're going to be in general. And then also you touch on something else that I find probably uh, one of the more interesting things, I'm guessing, in your practice. If you're talking to someone that's trying to improve their health, trying to improve their gut health, and you're explaining to them about nutrients and toxins and blah, 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 blah. But the point is they have some sort of emotional, mental issue going on, some sort of stress in their life that they haven't talked to you about. And at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, when they're either alone or they've gotten into a relationship fight with somebody, that is what is chronically driving them to do that one significant thing day after day, multiple days a week, that's actually hurting their gut, hurting their health, and you got to kind of deal with the emotional aspect, have them realize that before you even talking to them about vitamins and minerals and blood testing and stuff like that, right? 100%. You know, I think arguably we're in the biggest pressure cooker in human history right now. You know, if there's ever a crack in the manifold, now we're starting to see where people are leaning towards their comfort foods or their comfort drinks or whatever those vices are, if you will. So stress is such vital conversation to be having how we manage stress is is so i just can't overstate it it's just so essential right now and and there's so many tools that are available that are easy to implement there's so many ways that we can walk away with day by day just improving our capacity and our buffering capacity for stress as we're dealing with going through everything that's going on worldwide right now there's a lot of stuff that we have to deal with currently and and if we can create uh, tools to help us manage that. One of my favorite tools, this came directly from a workshop I attended at Harvard many years ago, 10 consecutive deep breaths every hour. I say this to all my patients. Any of my patients listening right now are going to laugh because this is something that I say over and over and over again. But that will reduce cortisol, which is one of your main stress hormones, by up to 40%. You've got to do it regularly. And of course, there are meditative practices and other exercises that require time in your day. But the deep breathing is easy because my busiest executives love this. My busiest Housewives love this because it takes no downtime away from them to, to apply. They can start to do this no matter how busy they are. I'm just laughing at myself when you say that. They might take about six or seven deep breaths and they might fall asleep. That might get in the way of their day. So, so talk a little bit more about some of these. You know, you say buffers, but the way I'll put it right now is maybe talk about some of the things that help repair gut health, some of the things that people can start adding to their life that'll kind of calm down gut problems? Maybe you want to take it from there. We're going to get into autoimmunity as well. 
Well, you know, again, when I do a workup with the patient, we're often looking at a lot of data. And a lot of that data comes from some of the testing that we do. And if we find that somebody is dealing with the yeast overgrowth or a parasite or bacterial imbalances, we'll help directly improve that. And that's a combination of using different nutraceuticals and supplements that can either eradicate organisms that we don't like, and we can do that naturally. We don't necessarily always need antibiotics to do that. In fact, I, that's not our first line approach in, in most situations. We'll use botanical extracts that can go through and, and sweep these out, if you will. But inoculating, putting the good back in, and as you said earlier today, you know, feeding and nurturing is really important when it comes to different types of prebiotics and probiotics. That's so, so important. If anybody's ever been exposed to any antibiotics through medication directly or through the food you consume, there's a good chance your microbiome has been challenged. Not to mention, you know, anybody who's on medications, uh, prescribed medications right now, those also have been shown to impact uh, the stability and the integrity of your microbiome. So these are very important things. We can add them in, obviously, through supplements, but there are certain food groups that are wonderful, too. A lot of the fermented foods uh, are very rich in these different pre- and probiotics that are so essential. It's like sauerkraut, kimchi, natto, miso. Now, again, everyone's got different reactions to foods that we have to be sensitive to. Some people don't do well with soy. Some people don't do well with cabbage. But there are there's so many options to look at. Same when it comes to probiotics. And maybe I'll just touch on this, Jonathan, because it's such an important topic. Not all supplements are created equal. It's really important that we understand that there are many different types of supplements available out there. And often costs will indicate you know, the quality of a, of a supplement. But we do want to make sure that just because you're looking at one that says, let's say, acidophilus and the other one that says acidophilus, that doesn't mean that they both have the exact same amounts that are on, on, on the label that are in those pills. Quality is everything. R&D going into these formulations is so important. Sourcing of these ingredients for each supplement is so important. And uh, there are companies that do it really well, and there are some that unfortunately don't. And so when it comes to autoimmune conditions, maybe you could list a whole bunch, but I know there's over 100 different conditions that people are dealing with right now. This is very much connected to a person's gut health, right? Wouldn't it be great alone if people were aware, hey, I've got autoimmune disease. You know what I got to do? I got to fix my gut. That would be great if they just knew that alone, right? Many more people. As I said earlier, the gateway to our health begins in the gut. And anybody dealing with an autoimmune condition, first of all, let's just put it in perspective. If you take all the autoimmune conditions, and there are, there's right now almost 200 of them out there that have 200 different labels. If you take all of them collectively under that umbrella, that's more than cancer and heart disease combined right now. So this is a big issue. And, and so there are a lot of different specific types of autoimmunity, which really your body starts to get confused. The immune system gets confused and can attack certain tissues and it can attack certain organs, which leads to a problem whether we're dealing with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. That's one example of autoimmunity where the body starts to impact its own thyroid gland. And that's something that we can take a step back and say, look, let's start to clean up any noise and confusion that's going on in the body. Let's start with the gut where 80% of our immune system lies. Let's look to make sure that inflammation, which is a massive topic when it comes to autoimmunity, is not seeping in or sources of these inflammatory uh, triggers are not seeping into our circulatory pathways if somebody has intestinal permeability or if there's different types of organisms and toxins these are all the conversations that we have that pertain to the gut and autoimmunity so that's that's just a great starting point you know if a doctor if someone doesn't have a doctor that is willing to go down this road and just simply it's so basic it's not easy it's a very simple message we're trying to talk about here. Definitely not easy, a piece of cake, no pun intended, 
for everybody to do this. But if they don't have a doctor to just willing to go down this road to really figure out what are they drowning in, what kind of toxins could they be taking that are breaking down their muscle tissue, their gut lining, their nervous system, their brain function, the list goes on and on. What are some of the big things that they're being bombarded with every day? Heavy metals, whatever it might be, fluoride, the list, artificial sweeteners, the list goes on and on. If they're not breaking this down to try to uncover things, which they might be, frankly, shocked to discover if they had someone to, to bounce it off of, I don't know how somebody gets out of the woods, you know? Well, and that's fair. And you know, and this is the other thing is a lot of patients when they've come to me, finally, they said, oh, I've been following you for years. And finally, I got the courage to do this. And a lot of people feel a sense of overwhelm, Jonathan. And that's really what I want to almost, you know, really emphasize today is that, look, it's not about perfection. It's not about making all these changes all at once, but it's about making one step forward. And that often can be the launching pad to, to take things into a different direction. So if anyone here is listening, that is like, wow. There's so much work to do. I, I can't even get off the couch in a day because I'm so exhausted. How am I supposed to be able to apply this? That's not the purpose of, of today's call. Today's call is to say, look, there are windows of opportunity available. Work with a coach, work with a functional medicine doctor that can help you navigate this at a pace and a speed that is appropriate to you because it is not about a one-size-fits-all protocol. It's about a custom protocol to each patient and, and person that's out there. And people should have a lot of hope, John, because, uh, again, I'm not pretending to know everybody's situation, but I know there was a huge difference when I got the mercury out of my mouth on a mental, emotional level. I'm not going to pretend, oh, I had all these neurological problems and all of this stuff. No. But for me, mentally and emotionally, it was like, ah. I felt like a huge weight because I've been wanting to do it for years. That was a significant thing. Changing my bedroom to more organic, the sheets, purifying the air. You know, it's like, I feel like everybody really does know I got to do this next. And they just have to find the way, whatever game they've got to play to get that strength and courage. Like you said, people... It took so long for them to just reach out to you. You're not a scary guy. I mean, it's like, it, just make the move to do one thing very positive and to get very excited and then they'll be motivated to do more. Fair to say? Totally fair to say. And that's why, you know, I tried to create a stepping stone for people who are in this situation because it is very common to hear that. So what I did is I created an online program. Nobody leaves to leave their house. And yes, this is not going to address any of the testing and the, the data collection that sometimes is needed, but it's a stepping stone. It's a gateway to help people. It's called the Healthy Gut Institute, and it really just gives people the foundations to start that healing. And, and again, in a very non-intimidating way, and it's something that you just can arm people to make that beginning change that is necessary to get well. So if we focus on gut health, which certainly is the core of where everything else seems to be spilling out into different organs and different conditions that people have. Maybe you want to throw out some tidbits, though. Give people something that they can sink their teeth into, you know? Well, yeah, good pun. Thank you. And uh, so, you know, it really does start with food. And I encourage people right from the get-go, take a look at what's on your plate. You don't need to micromanage this. 
this is super simple. Make sure that half of your plate is, is filled with colorful vegetables. And yes, you can finesse that according to your palate and your sensitivities if you have any, but half that plate should be filled with the roughage that's going to provide a lot of the prebiotics, a lot of the different fibers that are going to go through and start to remove a lot of these toxins, scrub, if you will, these toxins from the body. A quarter of your plate should be a nice quality carbohydrate, whether it's a sweet potato. And sweet potatoes are wonderful for your gut. I, I, I'm just going to hang right there for a sec. I think they're fantastic. And in the other quarter of your plate should be a lot of your healthy proteins, whether you're vegetarian or not, that should be your, your plate and your portion is dedicated to the proteins. Now, of course, there are all sorts of different variations of that depending on the person, but that's an easy tangible thing that everyone can vision right now is is what that plate should look like and quality 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 whatever they eat try to amp up your quality just to get away from the toxicity right yeah organics are going to cost a little bit more but guess what there's no free lunch you either pay for it now or you pay for it later so you know invest into those organic foods invest into those grass-fed beefs not the traditional grain-fed antibiotic-rich uh, animal products that are out there right now. If you are going to eat animal products, that's fine, but it's the quality, as you say, that really creates a problem or lack thereof that creates a problem with the animal products. And we have to be really aware of what goes on into big ag right now. Maybe you that's a whole show that you can do with someone else one day, Jonathan. Yeah, without a doubt. But I know it's a very dangerous thing, John, this idea that ah, there's no difference between organic and non-organic. It's really nutritionally, they're about the same People are getting brainwashed with the most out-of-context garbage advice, and nobody's really learning about these things if they plug into just the mainstream media, you know? And that's so true. I mean, I have to retrain every person that walks in my door. I mean, every single person comes in, and maybe not every person, but a, a large amount of them at the beginning don't think that there's a huge difference. There's a tremendous difference, whether it has to do with the actual nutrient content. But I'll tell you right now, the taste is even better. So if you're a chef or somebody who prides yourself on being a foodie, there's your reason to switch to organic or grass-fed or pasture-raised chickens, if you will. You know, that's so important. And John, another big thing which seems so unrelated to someone feeling healthier, but I feel so many people don't have any support at all. So I tell them if they go to local farmer's markets, if you get to know the farmer closest to your home and you go and you meet them and you talk to other people and you get this like network, it really gets you more jacked up. S too many people, John, complain about, I feel all alone. That is a major obstacle to feel better, right? 100%. Community is everything. Community is actually the doctor of the future. And we have to also look at that because you, you need to surround yourself with the people that are going to take you in the direction you want to go. And you are, what's the saying? You're the collective of the, the five most people that you spend the most time with, you know? Right. So do an audit, do a, do a friend audit, do a family audit, make sure that if you're serious about your health and well-being, that you're surrounding yourself with others that are doing the same and you will collectively rise together. You know, you touched on something that I think is very sensitive too. For a lot of people out there who are very complacent right now, eh, I feel fine. I don't have to listen to John and Jonathan. It's a nice show, but whatever. You know what? Especially these days with this kind of infection, God forbid you have to go to a hospital and they tell you, well, they don't tell you. Let's say, God forbid, you're really in bad shape and they can't even speak to you. You're not allowed to have a health advocate next to you. You're separated from your family. 
And I'm not trying to make out all these healthcare providers to be monsters, but I'm trying to get real with people. You don't have a health advocate, someone who truly loves you in your life, who can be close to you and watch you. What if they hang the wrong thing to drip into your arm? What if they're doing something, a test that's really meant to be for somebody else? Very innocent mistakes, right? But it could be done to the person that you love. So it's so important to have a really strong health advocate by your side, someone you could lean on. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're not feeling well, because in that sense, you know, a lot of people are dealing with brain fog and they're just not remembering things as well. So it's so important to have that that health advocate alongside with you. And, you know, that's a great point. John, if somebody wanted to find out more about your work and what you offer, even if they were to look for another healthcare provider that does so much like you do, where can they find more info on you? Well, they can tune into our website quickly, which is thedempsterclinic.com or thehealthygutinstitute.com. And, uh, and there's lots of free resources and guides there that are available. So please take advantage of those. And if you're looking at for somebody who does practice functional medicine, who is board certified in functional medicine near you, check out either uh, a4m.com or ifm. It's either .com or .org. Search for either of those two institutes. or are the biggest uh, institutes right now for board certification for, for doctors and practitioners. It's great info, John. I know a lot of people will benefit from it. And I hope it really does help a lot of people. Thanks a lot for being with us. I appreciate you. Great to be here.